Welcome to the Mission Advancement Podcast, where we attempt to address the stigmas around nonprofit fundraising through the lens of the power of relationships. Your mission is worth advancing, and we're here to help you fund your mission for good. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Mission Advancement Podcast. It's Lacey here, and I am joined again with Skylar Lehman. Hello, hello. Hey, Skylar. Thanks for coming back to talk a little bit more um, about major donors and when we talked a little bit last week about, you know, not only just why you got into this business in the first place and what does relationship-based fundraising look like to you, and, you know, each of these episodes that we talk about always goes back to that lens of relationships. Everything's going to drive through that. Um, and I've learned so much from you in that regard of if the relationship, if there's a problem, and relationships are reciprocal, right? If there's a problem on either end, it has to be fixed. Right. And so taking taking into consideration major donors who are really going to be kind of the top of your pyramid to really move the needle and fund your mission for good, that relationship is key. So we need to know about them, right? So last week we kind of started talking about getting inside the mind of a major donor. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it, or the rest of this may not make that much sense. So go back and listen to part one of this inside (laughs) the mind of a major donor. But where we kind of left off was talking a little bit about, you know, if there's a problem to solve, and we're for doing the traditional kind of storyboarding method of figuring out how the donor is the hero and they're going to solve the conflict, how do we really get in their mind to figure that out? So that's kind of where we were. So anything else you want to add to that before we kind of jump in? Well, uh, just to maybe tie this episode back to the first, where the idea came from about getting inside the mind of a major donor uh, actually dates back to an old episode of David Letterman. Okay. okay and, uh, so it, I'm appeal to the uh, to the old Letterman fans, but uh, he used to do this thing once in a while called the monkey cam. Right? Okay. And he would literally strap a, a camera to the top of a of a monkey, and then they would show what the monkey is seeing, and then the monkey would start climbing all over the place and doing all this crazy stuff. And and it was fascinating because you were kind of seeing what the monkey sees. And the irony is when the monkey would come back down and start to look up at Letterman and mm-hmm. whoever his guests were sitting in the, on the couch, they sort of looked not that bright. And, uh, and, and it was uh, interesting wow. of, of what the monkey must be thinking as the monkey is looking up at these people who are staring at the monkey and kind I of in awe. So, and, and that's what uh, made me think, you know, I think if our donors... If we could see what we look like through their eyes, we probably don't look as clever as we think we are. Right. Oh, that's um, so good. So um, uh, that's the that's what started the ball rolling on that's this whole so topic. That's so good. Oh, I love it. Well, I mean, it's so true because we sometimes take for granted that these donors who have given, or even you know, board members, leaders who give consistently, that they know everything about us or that they like everything about us. And so, if we don't kind of get in their mind and learn what makes them tick, learn what where their passions align with our mission, we're going to probably not just only leave money on the table, but we're going to miss an opportunity to have someone fall deeper in love with the mission. We are. And and, and let me give uh, one little disclaimer here. I'm not suggesting that donors are like monkeys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. I think everybody got that. Um, so I want to dig a little bit more into how the donor is, the, and the major donor we're talking about here, right? The Inside the mind of a major donor. How the donor is going to be kind of the hero of the story and solve the conflict, because I think a lot of times people don't think, oh, there's actually a problem to solve. Yeah, I think the nonprofit world is reluctant to um, ever describe something that might 
represent a, a problem mm -hmm. or um, you know what would normally be described as a conflict in any story. Uh, if they the, the story that they tell sounds something like this: uh, Hey, we've been doing all these great things for the last ten years. We want to continue to do these great things. Will you give us money? Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's a story, but it's kind of a boring story mm. because there's not something that uh, requires a donor to really act or makes a makes the donor feel compelled to to act in a way that maybe they haven't before. Mm -hmm. So conflict doesn't have to be, um, you know, we're all going to die if you don't give. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, and, and although many nonprofits tell that story <laughs> right. every year, uh, the conflict can simply be, uh, it can be an opportunity mm. that's before them that maybe they wouldn't be able to seize without the support or uh, leadership of a of an investor like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be it could be a problem. It could be a negative thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, we're out of space, and uh, if we are not able to uh, co you know create this space, we won't be able to serve the the people who need us. Um, and so you know you can tell that story in a million different ways, but the the conflict is what makes any story interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what, uh, you know, think about if you tried to remove the conflict from Star Wars. Right. You know, that would if you took Darth Vader and the dark side of the force mm -hmm. away. It'd be pretty boring. It's kind of a boring story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, you, you mentioned something on the last um, episode about decision making and how sometimes we make a decision really quickly to pick up a piece of gum or drop change into Ronald McDonald bucket. Um decision-making when it comes to solving problems and solving a conflict, again, that needs discernment. So we talked about this before, and some of our listeners know what we talk about when we talk about the decision spectrum. Can you talk a little bit about what's the difference between transactional and transformational when it comes to a major donor and how a nonprofit, and specifically a nonprofit leader, can look at that spectrum and see, ooh, I need to move them this way? Yeah. A transactional decision... Um uh, obviously is one that we think of, and it's, uh, I made reference to this last week, mm -hmm. it's the chewing gum in the supermarket yeah, yeah. line. Um, it's uh, it's those kinds of things that don't require a second thought. Uh, and and I, I'm not going to tell the story today, but I, I tell the story that, you know, a transactional giving decision is when we walk past a homeless man mm -hmm. and give him $5 and keep right. walking, right? It, it is a, it's a decision where we can... Um, not really have to give any thought. It doesn't change our life in any way, and nor do we are we really concerned about necessarily how how those resources will be used. Mm -hmm. uh, if the homeless man uh, uses them to get a hot meal, if the homeless man uses them to buy a beer, mm -hmm. okay, we're we're that's up to him. Right. Um, so transformational is the exact opposite. It is where we understand uh, how our gift will make an impact on people's lives. Mm -hmm. We understand uh, that it will change something or someone mm -hmm. profoundly and, uh, and tie that back to our actions. And, uh, and it gives us the joy mm -hmm. and the, the, the reward of, of seeing when we do this, that happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that. So when we talk a little bit about kind of how to create that story and introduce the conflict and show that the, the major donor is the hero of the story helping solve that conflict or problem, you know, what does it look like for us to create an experience that brings them to that transformational level? So they're not just doing a quick decision. So talk a little bit about, you know, we coined the phrase transformational donor experiences a lot. What does that mean? And, and how, I know we can't 
talk about all of that today because we'll, we'll dig into that a lot later. And I'd love to have you back on to kind of go over some really cool experiences that you've seen. But what does that look like for a nonprofit leader right now? Yeah, uh, a transformational uh, donor experience. And, uh, and that is a, a term that is obviously, uh, you know, tossed around a lot uh, around mission advancement and, and with all of our clients. Uh, what it means is that we're going to um, help uh, an organization create uh, an amazing kind of journey for mm -hmm. a donor to walk through. It doesn't happen in a single meeting. Mm -hmm. So uh, it requires, uh, you know, first establishing access and a relationship uh, building trust and mm -hmm. accountability and, and a promise that uh, to a donor that says, if you will put your toe in the water with us or maybe even wade in deeper with us, mm -hmm. we will do this. And we promise to do this and we'll even show you what we did and how, uh, how it uh, changed the lives of those that we, we said it would. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a mutual commitment. It's a balanced, uh, deep relationship that uh, unfolds over a period of time where, where a donor invests and the experience is such that the donor donor's life is transformed as much as the recipient, as much right. as the nonprofit organization is. And, uh, and that's how we would truly kind of define what a, a TDE or a transformational yeah. donor experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that takes time, right, to plan that out. And it takes more than just one person. So talk a little bit about bringing other people into that when you're creating an experience um, so that you're not either, like I mentioned this before, leaving money on the table or doing kind of that perspective hindsight of what did we miss? Why is it so good to bring other people into that exercise? So uh, normally it requires uh, a top leader in the organization to at least begin the process, but um, you can bring other characters. Okay, mm -hmm. now we're back to the composition of a story. You mm -hmm. can bring other characters and should bring other characters mm -hmm into the storyline just because um, they bring different dimensions. Mm. So if you're the executive director and, uh, and you know, nurturing a relationship with a donor uh, along, uh, why wouldn't you bring in a board member perhaps who brings, represents now an impassioned volunteer and somebody who is, you know, has a great story to tell. Why, why do they, why does he or she give he, hers or his time to uh, guide the organization and govern it? Uh, why do they give their personal resources? Uh, sometimes they're subject matter experts like a program director or a, uh, you know, a, a teacher in the school or somebody like that who can provide a different level of, uh, of storytelling related to, you know, the primary mission of that organization. So there's lots of other characters that you can bring to bear mm -hmm. uh, over the journey yeah. of that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the biggest piece, again, of all of this is that it takes time and it takes intention. And so one thing that we know is that major donors are savvy, right? These people who maybe they're asked from 10, 20 organizations a year to make large gifts is if it's just the letter or it's just the email or it's the, you know, they saw it on social media to give on that day or something, that may be where they're making that quick decision. And so the time it takes and the intention it takes to understand what, what the motivation is, um, we don't want to leave them stranded, right? And so how, how, do we, how do we make sure that's the lens we're looking through while, while we're donor planning is we want to make sure that this donor is not underwhelmed and that we're not leaving them thinking, mm -hmm. well, wait, what am I even giving to? <laughs> what are you doing with this money? Yes, yeah, so, so that, um, you know, a term like transformational donor experience or, you know, all that we're talking about mm -hmm. doesn't get sort of, you know, chalked up to be just being major gift fundraising, mm -hmm. I, you know, this is what sets mission advancement apart from 
most other companies. And we, by design, we are in a in the niche of relationship-based fundraising that very few um, firms, and certainly even practice practicing professionals of any kind in our in our industry. And it's it's based on the premise that if you were trying to um, have the, the, you know, if the goal of all of your effort and energy is, is to receive the largest gift that this person could give in their lifetime, what wouldn't you do? What couldn't you do to make that happen? How, what crazy creativity wouldn't you add to the picture? Um, I use the, the metaphor oftentimes of, um, you know, because one of the only times we seem to have this creative energy is when somebody is getting ready to propose marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you've, you've probably heard the outlandish engagement stories before where, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have the limousine pull up. And, right, you know, right. And then, uh, you know, we're going to eat oysters and she's going to open an oyster shell and the <laughs> ring's going to be inside, you know, all of this, this crazy. But, but if we channeled some of that creative energy right. into creating these experiences, where could it lead? Yeah. What, what? You know, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. If your goal is is to result in the largest gift that someone could give in their life. I love that. Like, what wouldn't you do? And I think a lot of times we, it's easy to send letters. It's easy to have an event. It's easy to um, kind of ask people in group settings or make it almost transactional on the end of nonprofit leaders because that's an easier thing to do. It's harder to sit in a room with other people and come up with these ideas and execute on them and have multiple meetings to get somewhere. So sometimes the hard things, um, they're hard to do, but they get the best results. Right. And they see, right. you know, all that hard work of putting a, a ring in an oyster shell, that doesn't just happen in five minutes. That's an <laughs> intricate thing. I can't even fathom that right now. But I think, you know, when we look at how we want our clients to treat their donors and to have them feel like they're a part of the mission, not just a number on a spreadsheet, I think that's something that's so important. And you talk about this a lot um, in, in a couple of your books, but specifically in The Perfect Campaign um, about kind of really creating these experiences and what it looks like to get someone to um, to maybe make the largest gift they've ever made. And the question that you ask all the time, and I love this, is to challenge people to say, what wouldn't you do for a million dollars? And there's probably a couple of things you wouldn't do. Right, right. right. Yeah, there's so. a couple. But, <laughs> but we would probably kind of really dig in to learn what's inside the mind of a major donor. That's right. Um, yeah, the, the, the Perfect Campaign was my first book, and and I did talk a lot about this because uh, in, being inside the mind of a major donor was supposed to be the, the title of the first book. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got uh, uh, sidetracked on something that's pretty important, which is our campaign philosophy and right. model, and that's what that book is about. But it does touch on very much getting into their mind yeah. and, and looking at things through the donor's eyes as you're creating that experience uh, that yeah. lead to those large gifts. The, the perfect campaign is is essentially um, the result of getting inside the mind mm-hmm. of major donors because, you know, we'll fund a capital need with 30, 40 donors. Uh, and that's what, you know, it's a trademark of mission advancement as opposed to what most others would do with hundreds of donors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love it. Well, thanks for letting me get inside your mind a little bit um, to talk about this. You know, look, look for Skylar's books. They're on Amazon. You can find the links on our website as well, but specifically look at the perfect campaign and, and understand how this can apply to your organization. You don't have to be raising a hundred million dollars. You don't have to have a huge operation. um, You know, a bunch of different development officers. 
if you're an executive director and you've got a goal and you've got some people who you know love your mission, get inside their mind. I think that's that's the lesson we want to we want to leave you with today is that you're not going to know unless you ask questions. You're not going to know um, if they love your mission or what part they love or if they're able to help solve the problem unless you start talking to them. So thank you so much for being here with me today, Skylar. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. We'll have you back <laughs> on for sure. Um, guys, visit us at missionadvancement.com and check out um, Skylar's book, The Perfect Campaign, and all of our other books. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>